0: The Doctor Is In is a co-production of Avi Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In.
1: You have always been a voice of reason through all of this.
2: Appreciate your time what you're doing for
3: America. I give you advice
2: and it doesn't work at all.
3: You are definitely not inept by any means.
2: I like to hear women say that about me.
3: Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it.
2: I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do.
3: Okay. Well, thanks.
1: That wasn't the answer I wanted.
4: Are you kidding me?
3: Great stuff, Dr. Rand. Glad I called.
4: I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show.
0: (laughs) Don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray.
5: I
2: was at the office the other day, walking down the hall, A psychologist friend of mine <clears throat> passed me by and <coughs> says, how you doing? And I thought to myself, I spent the next half an hour thinking, I wonder what he meant by that. Nice to have you here, Dr. Ray Garendi, program doctor is in On Land. I've <clears throat> got a little, I was eating a pretzel. Hold on a second, it's a little sip. On Land, uh, there is, well let me give the number out quickly here, 877-573-7825, equal if you'd like to get onto the program with a question about something in your life or a comment to help somebody else or a general comment. <clears throat> and it doesn't have to really be about your life too it can be about something you wrestled with in your faith walk in your understanding of the faith uh, maybe a question about psychology stuff development stuff intelligence stuff emotional stuff diagnostic stuff any of that stuff 87757 equal is the number last week I had the good fortune to be on the good news marriage cruise I uh, <clears throat> I spent maybe, out of every day, see if you assume you're awake for 15 hours every day, maybe 13 and a half of it was spent in the buffet. And I noticed something. There's been some uh, unwanted repercussions spending that time on the boat. Uh, for example, Saturday morning, Past Saturday, we were home, my wife and I, sitting in the kitchen, and uh, we sort of sat there for about an hour. Nobody brought us coffee. Nobody brought us anything, and I said to her, "I said, I, I, I think we we probably have to get it ourselves now." She said, "Really?" I said, "I think," and then at lunch. She made me some very nice soup with <clears throat> toast, and it was all I could do not to say, "Is this it, Is it there's not there's not more stuff, so it really kind of messed me up. you know it's it's kind of like the kid who goes and stays with the the parent on the weekend. And comes back, and it takes you three weeks to settle him back down. That's kind of what happened with me and my wife. It's been several days now, and I'm I'm just about getting to the point where I'm getting up and getting my own coffee. Nobody else is going to bring it to me. I realize that now. 877-573-7825. Definitely want to hear from you. Um, ah, see, I shouldn't have said, um. You know, when you say, um... You're just stalling for time. You don't want to pause. I've been noticing that and trying to expunge ums and uhs and likes and you knows and whatevers and et cetera, et cetera, and more of that from my vocab. I got kind of a controversial monologue today. I was pondering it as my wife and I were talking. We usually talk about the stuff of life ourselves. Anybody who's either listened to this program regularly, and I I count regularly as once a year, that's what I say. That I've got a lot of regular listeners, and if you if you listen once a year, I count it. Rather flexible definition of regular. Knows that a paramount problem among religious parents is their young adult children turning on them. Not because they were bad parents, but because the kids thought they weren't sufficiently judged appropriate from the kids' perspective. Or the kids have left the faith, and because of that they decide they don't want to relate to their mom and or their dad, much of the time the parents didn't really do anything wrong, but they have been cut off. This is a phenomenon that is so prominent, it's a pandemic among people who try to raise their children in a religious home. Some of you who call in, you will, ta- you will say you haven't heard from your kids in three, four, five, six, eight years. They've just decided to shun you. So here is a suggestion, an option, a question, something that you might ponder. I'm not recommending it, but I'm saying, what about if your child has resisted and rejected your outreach, you've tried and they have decided you are not worthy of their attention or their contacts, you are not worthy of seeing your grandchildren, if this is your state, here's the question. Are those young adults, or maybe even middle-aged adults by now, still in your will? But, Dr. Ray, I think it's something that you could legitimately consider if you have written me off. And maybe there's four children in the family, and one has decided you are not worth having any relationship with? Are you, in your will, equally dividing up what you leave as an inheritance? Now, the question becomes, they've said they don't want to have anything to do with you. And you have tried. You've reached out. You've apologized. You've done what you could. And they resist. They're stubborn. And it's been years now. But, Dr. A., there's always a chance for reconciliation. I understand that. And hopefully that will happen in some percentage of the cases. However, if you changed your will and they're no longer in it, would you be wrong? Is that somehow unfair? Unchristian? Now, I can hear some of you thinking if I were to do something like that, and then I left this world, they would hate me even more than they seem to hate me now. Hmm well you just said something you said even more than they dislike me now or want nothing to do with me now but dr a do you realize the conflict that could set up between the siblings if three of the siblings are given something as an inheritance and the fourth is not do you realize what that would do to family cohesiveness as I said, this is just something for your consideration. I know personally, I might think long and hard about that. If, if I had a child write me off and in fact resisted, rejected, batted away all of my reaching out, I'm going to give you money? First of all, one could even make the case that there's no moral obligation to leave any money to any of our children. You've raised them. You've given them much of your attention and your material well-being. If you decide to give it all to charity, are they going to be upset with you? Here's one thing you could do. You could take that percentage that would go to that particular child who has rejected you and simply give that percentage to charity. Is this controversial? Is this something you haven't thought of? Is this terrible? Is this unloving? I don't think I don't think so. Yeah, obviously most people are not going to do it, but if you decided to do it, I think you would be well within your rights. You're well within your rights to leave your inheritance anywhere, anyhow you want. It's yours. There's nothing written that says, I have to give this to all of my children. You may decide I'm going to give half of what I got to charity, the other half will be divided up. That's up to you. But my wife and I were talking about this. We've got 10 children. None of them are estranged from us. But I keep my will on a dry erase board in the kitchen. Yeah, if they come in and make some snotty remark, I just kind of erase their name there and say, okay, you got to work to get it back on. No, I don't. However, give me your opinion on this. I've already got one up there. I got one up there that's going to give a different side. (laughs) 877 573-7825-877-57-EQUAL. Thank you for joining me, I'm Dr. Ray Garendi.
5: The following program is brought to you in part by MyCatholicWill.com. Surveys show that more than half of Americans do not have a will. At MyCatholicWill.com, it takes as little as 15 minutes to write your will and secure a legacy of faith. MyCatholicWill.com is the exclusive online destination for creating a Catholic will. The process of writing a will is simple and now more accessible than ever mycatholicwill.com a legacy of faith for those you love
6: the wisdom of mother angelica and we need to pray for all our world leaders and all those who are in such danger see in a day and age where people are getting further away from god you get further away from goodness only god is good you remember what our lord said one day why do you call me good he said only god is good only god
5: ewtn live truth live catholic hello steve ray here everything in the bible and in the catholic church starts with a book of genesis
6: it reveals to us god's plan for mankind yet genesis can be daunting especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries well that's where i come in with my new book genesis a bible study guide and commentary discover a thoroughly catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood you can get the
2: book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. check it out
0: do you own popular index mutual funds or etfs if so you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs Ave Maria Mutual Funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria Mutual Funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com.
2: Well, to use an inside baseball phrase, that particular topic, as I expected, poked the bear. Last time we poked the bear like that was when we talked about tattoos. And I talked about the social contagion, the sheep-like quality of people just rushing to get tattoos bigger and broader and using their body as a billboard. Let me first go to Andrea from Lincoln, Nebraska. She's 19. And she says, Dr. A, I'm giving you the youth perspective. Hi, Andrea.
7: Hi. Um, Okay, so I'm 19. And um, I just, I was listening and I... Coming from a young adult's perspective, um, I just wanted to give my side of the story to be helpful to any parents out there, because um, I actually went through, like, the exact thing you were talking about, Um, and so basically, a little bit about me. Um, I grew up in the Catholic faith, um, went to Catholic high school, went to Catholic grade school everything and then I like the whole time I didn't really know what um what I was like learning about I didn't know what I was doing um and that was until I actually uh like rebelled from it and I basically decided I was going to go my own way and that led me down to um, I started smoking weed and just like figuring out things that filled the void for myself. And I just I sweared I was gonna move out as soon as I turned eighteen. And I was like, I was like, I'm never talking to you guys again. And I just thought they were the worst parents. Um, this was when I was like sixteen. And then um, I got into new age spirituality because um, I was chronically online so that led me to that and eventually um I had an encounter with God and I started getting convictions towards things that I was normally doing um on a daily basis and um I started finding my way back to him and I moved out and um I and making my own money, paying for my own apartment now, um, are you
2: still not talking Andrea, are you still not talking to your parents?
7: Oh no, 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 that's where I was going with it. I literally have the best relationship with my parents now, like i they're my best friends now, and we've gotten over it, but yeah, they do come back, <laughs> so
2: you are back in the will
7: I am, and I'm like. Probably, like, <laughs> I like I'm leading them more to Christ now. <laughs> or your I'm story, their faith.
2: Your so, story yeah. is one that parents who find themselves in the situation with a child, a, a young adult who says, "Get out of my life," which is what you were anxious to do with your parents, and then ultimately, somehow, some way, God opened up your eyes, touched you. And in doing that, you came back to your parents. Your situation is a bit different from, for example, a 24-year-old, 30-year-old, 32-year-old who for years and years and years has not had the turnabout that you did, who has said, I will cling to my hostility toward my parents. You didn't. And uh, not only do you have a beautiful relationship, which is invaluable, but you probably got some inheritance money, but you're only 19, so you're, your parents are probably still pretty young. So uh, given that, I think that's a beautiful story, Andrea. And I think what you meant to say is, Dr. Ray, it's kind of typical for kids to go through a period where they think their parents are absolutely... Dumb, knowing nothing, totally misguided cultural throwbacks, which you probably thought. But you came around rather quickly, which was rather impressive, my dear. And uh, good for you, and uh, good for you attempting to show your parents your journey and how maybe they could journey too. Bless you, Andrea. Thank you so much for the call. Teresa was here and she dropped. She says she had the exact same situation. She said, I truly believe we work hard for what we earn and we have a right to do with it what we want. Then she says, I have one child who will be getting nothing. Probably the biggest objection with that is that the parents are afraid of what will happen upon their passing. Sadly, I've seen so many situations where siblings become estranged with each other because of some inheritance issue. Um, Before I go to your calls, and I I thank you for your patience, my mom died uh, about, how long has it been for Ma now? 16 years ago. At the funeral mass afterwards, after the mass was over, my sister got up and gave it just a beautiful, heartfelt appreciation for Ma. You know how everybody becomes wonderful after they're dead? Well, Mom was. I got up after Marianne, and there was no way I could add to that. So I said After the last patriarch matriarch passes, and the children are now the leading generation, sometimes there are conflicts over inheritance, over who gets what. I'm glad to say that's not happened in our family. There's been no battles over possessions. My sisters can have the car. My brother can have whatever possessions he wants. I really only want one thing. That is my mother's coupon book. My mother never did anything without a coupon And her coupon book, at the time of her passing, as best I can estimate, was worth about $12 million. We did the funeral with a coupon for $9. All I wanted was the coupon book. That's it. Pat from Cleveland, Ohio. Pat agrees. No obligation to leave money to children. Hi, Pat. Hi, Dr. Ray. Hey, I just saved so, you a bunch uh, of money. I saved you a bunch of money.
3: Hello? You're there, sir. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. So regarding the, my, uh, I'm one of eight kids. I have a brother who always, immediately if my parents would call him for help, he had skills for fixing things. He'd always be right there. And he, he died at the age of 44, leaving a wife and six kids. And as my mom was getting close to uh, to passing away, she was trying to figure out whether to include my sister-in-law in the will. I said, well, Joe did more for you and dad than any of the rest of us. Why would you leave his family out? And everybody else agreed that my sister-in-law and her kids deserve at least as much, maybe more than the rest, because my brother did more for them. So I think in terms of wills, Take into consideration who has done most for the parents. That's a generous attitude there, Pat. It
2: truly is, especially given that every one of your siblings agrees. Everybody knew what he was about. <laughs> that's a beautiful thing. Most parents are very scared of doing that because their view is well, somehow that's not fair, somehow it should be divided totally equally to avoid any kind of family friction.
3: But I agree with
2: you. I think how the parents... It, dis-
3: it ended up being divided equally. And then there were some who would rarely come around, wouldn't even come over my mom's birthday. They might be there for Christmas and Easter. Hmm. But they got the same share. Yeah, hmm. Hmm. But nobody well, argued about anything. <laughs> well,
2: that's good. That's good to hear. But you're right. There is no obligation to divvy up the inheritance a certain way. Pat, thank you. But
3: there seems to be a justice in paying for the ones that did the most.
2: Yeah, the argument someone might make against that is how do you decide what was the most? You know, I go visit mom too, you know, just because I don't have the skills that my brother does doesn't mean that I can't do something good to make mom feel right. I know what you're saying. I'm just being the contrary position, which is a natural position for me. 877-57-EQUAL is the number to call to get onto the program. Thank you for joining me.
6: What does ratio Dominica mean? It refers to a prayer that is, according to the Catholic Catechism, truly unique. It is of the Lord. As the only Son of God the Father, Jesus, in speaking the words His Father gave Him, is the master of our prayer. In addition, as Word incarnate, Jesus, in His human heart, knows the needs of His human brothers and sisters. In revealing them to us, He is also the model of our prayer. Jesus, however, does not merely give us a formula to repeat mechanically. Jesus not only gives the words of the Our Father, He gives us the Spirit by whom the words become in us spirit and life. The prayer to Our Father is inserted into the mysterious mission of the Son and the Spirit. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. The Church has a very high view of conscience. I think it was St. John Henry Newman who called conscience the
5: aboriginal vicar of Christ. Catechism reads this way on conscience. The interior voice of a human being within whose heart the inner law of God is inscribed. Moral conscience is a judgment of practical reason about the moral quality of a human action. It moves a person at the appropriate moment to do good and to avoid evil. It offers some suggestions uh, the Ten Commandments, the moral teachings of Jesus in the Gospels, the moral teachings of St. Paul. All of these things are used as a measure of how well we're doing. It is then up to the Catholic to take a look at the teaching of the Church and to see if, in fact, they are in proper communion. The idea that you can dispense with the objective moral teachings of the Church in favor of personalized conscience is lawless and anarchic.
2: Cresta in the Afternoon with Al Cresta
1: 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio
2: And the doctor is in. Get to your calls in a second. Um, again, we have more calls regarding the whole idea of inheritance, but Julie has been so patient, she called at the very top of the program. Hi, Julie.
4: Doc, how are you? Thank oh. you for taking my call.
2: You're more than welcome. Uh, tell me about this brother of yours. Well,
4: he's amazing, intelligent, been through a lot obviously um i just want to know what how do we as a family support group i called do you have them there
2: julie you cut out there for a second imagine somebody was trying to call you while you were on the phone
4: i'm sorry i'm in the country okay
2: now i got you real clear i'll pull over the okay. the well, i feel like a state trooper uh can you pull over ma'am um <clears throat> you said your brother was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder but that he's also been diagnosed manic and bipolar is is now those are those are the manic especially, along with the bipolar, is is pretty serious disorders. <clears throat> are you saying that there are times when he's not in his right mind? Yes, sir. Ooh.
4: Like lack of sleep has a lot to do with it. That's a big, big trigger when you can't sleep correctly.
2: When he acts manic, uh, what is he like?
4: Um I am it's almost like you have attention deficit because your brain is going a hundred miles an hour, um, skipping over topics from this one to that one to that one to that one, back and forth. Uh, lots of emotions.
2: Are there times now he's described as bipolar, which could mean he has periods of either depression or stability. Does that happen, or no? When when he has a break, he becomes very agitated.
4: Um, I haven't seen the depression so much.
2: Are there times but when he he's quick stable? Anger. Okay, are, are there times yeah. when he's stable? But right now, he's yeah. not. I mean, right now... Right. Okay. It's interesting. I, I can't know right. this, and I, I don't want to comment too much on it, but I'll, I'll just... Throw you a generalization, Julie. He he may have been diagnosed PTSD because he has a. I'll use this word. Forgive me for using the word. He has a substrate of mania. In other words, there there are times when his brain is not working right, and somebody views that as caused by. Was he in the service? Yes, sir. As caused by his time in the service. When, in fact, the mania could have erupted during the time he was in the service. Is that the case? Yes, sir. Okay. Was he med-boarded out?
4: Um, no. He was, he was active for a while, and then he was contractor.
2: I see. Okay. Right now, he's away from his wife and child. What's he doing?
4: Um, He came to be with his immediate family, mom, sisters.
2: That's all you guys? Yes. He's living with you?
4: He's currently staying with my mom, yes. Okay. He just got here two days ago.
2: What's, What's his reason for leaving his wife and kid... Is, is he saying their marriage was in trouble? Is he saying I'm I'm not thinking right and I don't want to put them through this? What what's the motive?
4: Um I believe the wife is a major trigger of his manic state at the moment.
2: Well okay, I can't know that, Julie, but if it is a bipolar manic type disorder, uh, <clears throat> much of the time it has, uh, forgive me for using it this way, a mind of its own. In other words, the chemicals doing what the chemicals are doing, if that's the case. I mean, I can't know. I, I would have to, I'd have to sit with him and get a history for a long time. Right. Your original right. question is, okay, how do we support this guy? Does he yes. want to leave his wife and kids? Is he saying, I just need a break and you guys are going to help him think through what he's done, and what he can do to reconcile with his wife?
4: Um, It's more about his mental health stability at this point than worrying about what the future is with him and his wife. Does he have
2: a psychiatrist? It's
4: about um, he has a therapist that's been doing cognitive um, behavior therapy involving colors and things, but he hasn't seen her in months because he moved away.
2: I see. So he's getting no intervention at all.
4: Right. Now that he's back here in Texas where his therapist was before he moved away, he's going to go to see her, and he's got an appointment scheduled with the VA. And
0: Okay.
2: Well, well, hopefully, the therapist will see him in this manic phase with his pressured speech and his agitated emotions, and will say, we need a psychiatric consult here. Because medication could help if, in fact, this is a biochemically-based mania. Uh, do you probably have the complications of a marital situation that isn't good, and it may be related to the wife saying, I can't deal with him when he gets like this. Is that part of it?
4: Well, the issue is he he recognized the signs of it coming on in November, and we were not informed by him or his wife that this was happening. So it came down to okay, well, now I'm really having issues because nothing's changed, and now I really need help.
2: Okay, well, that's good.
4: Because again, nothing
2: happened. All right. It's good that he recognizes that something isn't working right, and I think right. the thing you can best right. do for him, Julie, is to accompany him to the therapy sessions. And if, if in fact, uh, he allows you, you might you might give a little history to the therapist. I get that sometimes. They give permission. For a family member to talk to me and give me some background from their perspective, give me flesh out the history a little better, but perhaps also if he's open to a psychiatric appointment, if necessary, um, it's, it's it's interesting. He's got a, a combination of, of diagnoses here, and oftentimes they kind of overlap, and it's it's really hard to say which came first. So I would suggest that as your as the family, you look for the the help. Get him to help. And also, maybe talk with him about what's keeping him back, what's keeping him from reconciling with his wife and his child. Does he want to be away from them? Uh, does she want him back? Or is she saying, go live with your mom until you straighten your act up? All that has to be asked and explored because you can't know. So, those would be my suggestions, Julie. You got yourself in the middle of a complex situation, my dear. Got a lot of calls yes, up there. I'm going to try to get to everybody. Thanks, Julie. Try to get to as best I can. This is Dr. Ray.
4: Living the Beatitudes with Father Bjorn
5: Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The virtue of purity and holy chastity is certainly a very important thing, but I think we can misunderstand this beatitude. As human beings in our fallen state, we tend to love things and use people, but we're meant to use things and love people. We can manipulate in relationships and we can try to control other people and we can focus on other people as objects but to be pure in heart is to be in love, and ultimately to be pure in heart and to be happy is to be in love with God himself as well. This beatitude calls us to have a focus on being open to choosing God, choosing life, to choose love. If God is not the ultimate end of our desires and our hopes and dreams, we will be the saddest of people. Let's say yes to God and choose his way, be focused on his love and pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. For more about the Beatitudes, visit EWTNRC.com.
6: What is the perfect prayer? The prayer that was taught us by the Lord Jesus Himself, the Our Father. The Catholic Catechism cites the Our Father as truly the summary of the whole gospel. St. Augustine writes, Run through all the words of the holy prayers, and I do not think you will find anything in them that is not contained and included in the Lord's Prayer. The Scriptures, the Law, the Prophets, and the Psalms, says the Catechism, are all fulfilled in Christ. This is the good news of the Gospel. St. Thomas Aquinas gives equally high praise to the Our Father. The Lord's Prayer, he says, is the most perfect of prayers. In it, we ask not only for all the things we can rightly desire, but also in the sequence that they should be desired. The rightness of our life in Jesus will depend on the rightness of our prayer. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism.
2: Sometimes this program distresses me. And it doesn't distress me for the reason you would think. It distresses me because there are people waiting patiently to talk. And I'm getting through them as I can. I don't want to rush everybody. But I feel badly. Badly? I feel bad, I think is the grammatically correct way to say it, because I want to get to everybody. And the only way I can compensate for that is to say, you call back any time in the future, you're first up. Uh, Robin says my daughter considers us toxic Ooh, i hate that word it's poisonous i hate that word robin says my husband doesn't want to include her in our will we have two other children who don't find us toxic maybe just a little abrasive not toxic hi robin hi hey, I'll how take long is hey how long has she <laughs> thought you toxic
1: Oh, um, probably about 10 years. Whoa! Um, oh! Mm-hmm.
2: That, that's, that's durable toxic.
1: Yeah, she's, she's holding... Well, I, I chalk it up to pride and ego. She, you know, she's told a lot of people a lot of bad things about us. Ooh. And um, I think that she, you know, her pride and ego won't let her back down now.
2: So no contact?
1: Um, I can't say zero contact. She comes around for, um, she doesn't have any children of her own, but she comes around for her nieces and nephews. And, you know, we see them at ball games and stuff like that. But
2: But it's not any contact with you. It's always got to be for some other primary purpose.
1: Yes. And I, I speak, I always speak. And sometimes she says hi and she forgets that she's that I'm toxic, and she'll speak a little bit. But well, oh,
2: likely. come on, Robin. You, can, no. you, you could say hi to somebody, and you're not poisonous. You know, it would be like if she had a whole sentence that she had to say to you, then you'd be toxic.
1: <laughs> there you go.
2: <laughs> there you go. Your husband doesn't want to include her in the will. Are Are you saying I don't agree with him?
1: No, I'm not saying I don't agree with him. I just, I'm not ready to pull that trigger yet, you know? Um there's another word you're daughter, using
2: my first see Robin, you're using the word toxic and trigger. You know, you are really up on psycholingo. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> I'm not what triggered. Do you, what
2: do you what do you think will happen? When you say I don't want to pull that trigger, uh you think that uh, at some point there'll be a reconciliation here?
1: Um, I pray for that every day. Okay. My It'll never happen with my husband. She and he have always kind of butted heads, and, and he has as much pride and ego as she has, so he's not going to back down either.
2: Well, you always could rewrite re- re- your will if, in fact, the relationship becomes somewhat smooth again. You could do that. That's true. He your husband's probably saying no matter what, even if it becomes civil, she doesn't get anything right. from us. That's what he's saying.
1: I I haven't heard him say that, no, but I we just really don't talk about it a lot, and every once in a while he'll say, We need to go to have our will redone, you know. Um,
2: if you say to him if we do that, Would you be willing to alter it if it ever happens that she has a change of heart of some type?
1: Oh, yeah, I I would be willing to say that to him, sure.
2: Okay. And then if he says, no way, no how, (laughs) you know, he may say no way, no how, because she's burned us for 10 years, and I don't care what she does now. I think you know as well as I do, he's taking this exceptionally personally. That ungrateful well, little witch yeah. in his mind.
1: Well, yes, and, you know, she has, a, she has an alternate lifestyle that he doesn't agree with, and that's part of it, too.
2: Well, I'm going to assume also that she doesn't like your religion.
1: Well, she was born and raised Catholic, She, you know, um, but, of course, that's, yeah, that's not something that she would ever do now. I think Robin
2: this comes down to a a meeting of the minds between you and your husband. Okay. It's not a matter of gee which one of us is right. It's a matter Correct. of what are we both going to agree upon here? Right. Wouldn't be it wouldn't be immoral if you said we're not going to leave her anything. And it wouldn't be immoral if you said we are going to leave her something. Um
1: well, I don't think at this point, I mean, would you think that she would expect that she we would? I mean, You know, I kind of wonder that myself. Wow, that would be a shock if Mom and Dad actually did leave us something. Well,
2: I suspect that she would think the reason you didn't is because of her lifestyle, as opposed to the fact that she shut you out for 10 years. Right. That'd be my guess. Um,
1: and I don't... I don't have a problem with her lifestyle as per se, but when, when the word marriage came along, you know, with a same sex marriage, I just, I just, I, I'm against that. I, I don't like that use of that word in, well, it, you know, life. Robin,
2: it's not a matter of you being against it. It's a matter of if you are a Catholic and you believe the Catholic Church speaks for our Lord, then it's our Lord saying marriage is between a man right. and a woman not you and i think your daughter but is saying somewhere... we just disagree mom
1: right and we did and we and we lived amicably for for years you know with with her coming out of the closet and all that stuff you know and um we lived amicably for years it was you know it was tenuous to you know between she and her dad but i mean they you know, where they got along. and and, uh, But the the marriage thing, and I I wouldn't, mine really doesn't have anything to do with my being Catholic. Mine has everything to do with, I just don't think that that there is such a thing. I agree with the Catholic Church on the fact that there is no marriage between a man and uh, same-sex partners.
2: How old's your daughter?
1: 40, 41
2: yeah she's not a kid anymore it's not somebody that no she's not a kid yeah she's she's pretty stabilized in her writing you off so you gotta decide mm-hmm. you say to yourself she's right. written us off so why are we right. going to write her in right that's your decision i uh
1: well i've had a lot of I've had okay. a lot of static for not going to her wedding and and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff i mean I have friends, you know, who are who are actually Catholic, <laughs> very, very Catholic, and they said, well, if it was my daughter, I would have gone to the wedding, and I'm like, well, that's your choice, this is my choice, and I have to oh. live with that choice.
2: Well, I don't know if you're Catholic or you're Christian, but the... both. I am both. Okay, so given all that, uh, it's a matter of, if you believe God speaks and has spoken about marriage only being between a man and a woman then you would look at what she's doing as uh, not valid. And it's not a matter of, well, this is my opinion. If it's only your opinion, then she's absolutely correct in telling you, well, you think the way you think, and I think the way I think. But if there is a God, and if in fact he does communicate at some level with us mortals— then uh, this has been pretty clear in throughout all of Christian history. Robin, thank you for the call. Appreciate it so much, sir. Thank this you, Doctor. Is, Have you a good day. Bye, bye. This, this is Doctor Ray. This program is brought to
4: you by the following nonprofit underwriter.
5: Are you longing to hear God's voice? Lord, teach me to pray. The free Ignatian Prayer Series will open your heart to His voice, to the peace you are seeking, and the only love that fulfills the human heart—Jesus. God is calling you to true joy, knowing Jesus personally. Lord Teach Me to Pray is free. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com, click on the red box, order the Lord Teach Me to Pray series now. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com.
6: Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. There was a big story about this Catholic college saying, oh, we are going to open our doors to anyone who identifies as a woman. So a male student coming in, but if he calls himself a woman, that's fine. This is all about diversity and equality. This is a Catholic women's college. And so, thanks be to God, there was a lot of pushback. And guess what? The school rescinded. How important it is not to give up and to remember that we can and should respectfully, always with love, express our concerns. It doesn't matter. The victory is up to God. But sometimes we do see that success in the victories, as is the case with St. Mary's College, who says now it needs to go back to its roots and get a deeper understanding of what it means to be a Catholic college for women. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. weekdays, 9 a.m.
1: Eastern, on EWTN Radio.
6: Underwritten in part
1: by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health-sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families.
5: Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399.
2: Thank you for joining me, Dr. Ray Graney. Program Doctors in Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock Eastern. Co production EWTN, Global Catholic Radio Network, and Ave Maria Radio Communications. With today, my call screamer and doubling, of course, as always, my board operator and producer of the program, Andrew Kruczek. Now, Nick, here's an interesting thing about this Um, your sister is actually quite generous because the Cultural number is, I believe, one point eight six. Before you become irresponsible, and uh, well, actually, she she pulls you into child abuse. Hi, Nick. Hi. <laughs> uh, your sister says anything more than five is child abuse because you simply can't appropriately attend and love that many kids,
3: right? That's exactly what she's saying. <laughs> and like I'm twenty three and I want a family at some point. And that <laughs> she's is not making kinda... you
2: doubt yourself, is she?
3: Just a little bit. Ah. Like I know that I can, but just makes me doubt myself, you know.
2: Well did you ask her where'd you get the number
3: five? Um, I did not, but uh, suspiciously, I, I am one of five in my family.
2: Aha. Okay. Hold on a second. Let me offer a psychological insight here, Nick. Do you think has this has anything to do with your sister feeling like she's low dog in this family because your parents had too many kids, and the fact that she doesn't get her share of love and attention as she sees it is because there's five kids?
3: That is very possible. Hmm.
2: Well, let's a leave that as... A,
3: yeah. a big factor is she has BPD. And that's been a large struggle in our family for a very long time.
2: Okay. Now you're talking uh, borderline personality disorder. Yes. Okay. That's a pretty severe personality disorder. And if, in fact, she she meets the criteria for that, then are you saying there's just a whole lot of maladjustment on this young lady's part? I think so. Okay. Well, one, Nick, why would you give her any credibility about family size? I don't understand that. Uh, Two, we live in a culture that says kids are okay. I mean, they're one option, but more than two, come on, what are you doing? That's the cultural mindset right now. So anybody who says, I want to welcome and love any kids our Lord gives us. Is viewed as well a little bit crazy if not totally totally misguided about what family is I had a mom once when somebody accused her of having too many children because you you couldn't love that many children you you divided up your love too much she said love doesn't divide it multiplies Nick, we had 10 that's kids. A good we had 10 kids, and at one point, they were all 12 and under. I said to my wife one day, I, I, can't, I can't play with each one individually as much as I would like. And my wife said, Raymond, you big dummy. She didn't say big dummy, but I looked at her eyes, and I knew that's what she was thinking. <laughs> and she said, that's why they got brothers and sisters as part of the family. And she was right. Nobody picked me for the soccer games. I got tired of being steady pitcher. I, went, I wanted a bat. Come on, you guys. I want a bat. No, Dad. Just, just roll the ball in, okay? You can't really run. So, Nick, you wanted my thoughts on this? I will tell you this. I have talked to so many people in my life who have said when they were much older, I wish I would have had more children. I have yet to talk to one who said I had too many children.
3: Mm -hmm. That helps a lot,
2: thank you. Every parent of a bunch of kids will tell you it's just that much richer. Now, that's not to say, now here's where I think your sister's right. That's not to say the more kids you have, the more likely you could get a tough one. That's just, that's just law of averages here. But, in fact, she is simply reflecting. She's probably big into social media and everything else. So she's simply reflecting the pop culture view now of having kids.
3: Thank you. That helps.
2: You're welcome, buddy. Ask her. So why'd you pick five? Why not three? Why not seven? Where'd you get five? And you'll find out if she's saying, Well, I got ripped off because we had five, that's why. So God bless you, Nick. Maybe God'll give you a bunch of kids and and you can be like me. I got uh I got, let's see, I had a whole baseball team plus plus a bench warmer and had two basketball teams. So had a bunch of them. And I never pay taxes for years. Thank you, Nick. God bless you. And you call back, dear. You will be first up, I promise. Andrew promises. He's the call screamer. Thank you for joining me, everybody. You made my, my journey back here so very, very nice. And I've been sitting here for close to the last hour, and nobody has brought me any food. So I am really decompressing from being on a cruise ship. I think I better head to the Golden Corral tonight just to kind of get one in.
0: For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRay.com and follow him on Facebook and Instagram. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.